I compliment you, but it might go to your head. I've been right here, but know you wanted them instead. The only thing I dream about when I'm in bed. Long as I'm here, I know that this will never fade. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. And if you like the music that you heard, that it coming, that's coming from Memphis' own Cooley in the Cut. That's called Caroline. If you like that track, uh, hit our link in the, what do we call that? The, uh, the Instagram or on the Facebook, and that'll take you right to a Spotify. Yeah, Instagram, when you're posting on a feed, it's kind of hard to put a link. So we've just been putting it in our stories or the live. It'll be right behind our page or one of our lives. So check them out. Sounds good. What's going on, man? How was the weekend? Nothing, man. I'm kind of hot, man. I've been arguing people all day about LeBron, man. He's starting to get on my nerves, man. <laughs> uh, LeBron gives me a headache, man. He's a good dude off the court. He's going to be one of those dudes that's going to be a legend. I'm going to forget all this in about five years after he retired. But right now, he annoys the hell out of me. I got to be honest. I'm kind of with you. And I'm a LeBron <laughs> fan. Uh, but I'm definitely getting tired of this whole little LeBron versus the, the, the Young Lakers saga when from my point of view, it's not even the young Lakers. He need to be mad at, at the, the nothings that he's getting from Rondo, from Lance Stevenson, from JaVale McGee, all the, all the, the weird signings that the Lakers did in the offseason. You know, those yeah, are the dudes that have let him down. Yeah, man, that's why I say, man, like just because you play basketball and you're great at playing basketball doesn't mean that you're great at being a GM, doesn't mean that you're great coaching. Like I never thought this was the position for Magic. I thought maybe uh, Palinka could help him, but he's not even really a GM. He's an agent. So this whole Lakers roster is pretty much trash, and he's keep putting all the blame on the young dudes. Brandon Ingram's look good. They are 4-9. A lot of the reasons because Lonzo's out and he's hurt, and he's probably, surprisingly, one of their better defenders on the court. And Kuzma, he plays well whenever he can get the ball. Sometimes they forget about him in the offense. And Hart just disappeared now that LeBron came back. Um, And then, you know, when you go away from the young dudes, now it's Luke Walton's fault. Everybody can't be bad. Like, every coach can't be bad with LeBron, but good without LeBron. I mean, it's it's no way possible, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a strange situation. And like I said, you're getting next to nothing from all those vets. Contavious Caldwell Pope, who they, who you, it seems like LeBron made them keep. Um, it just this this team is a mess. The, the the signings never made sense from the jump. They, nope. you know, we've been able to see for this is year fifteen or sixteen for, for for LeBron. For you know the last decade, we know that he needs shooting around him. That's that's what makes him great. So for them to go out and do nothing to put shooting around him, just made, Lance Stevenson can't shoot. JaVale McGee can't shoot. Contavious Caldwell Pulp is... He's supposed to be able to shoot, though, mean, in their defense. But he's not. And then That's the pressure. That's the difference. It's easy to shoot on a bum team. You can hit all those threes on a bum team. Rondo you get the pressure shoot. of LeBron passing to you, you better hit it. That's a different type of being able yeah, to shoot. Yeah, Rondo can't shoot. I mean, none of, the, none of these guys that they brought in have made any sense, and... I don't. You know, that's what we said at the beginning of the year, though. When at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about the Lakers, the two things that stood out to me is they can't defend the three and they can't shoot the three. This isn't the Eastern Conference. You have to be able to do those two things. One thing I noticed, so you know, everyone knows I'm a Grizzlies fan. I was watching the game last night. One thing I noticed: a, um, 
Joakim Noah looked like it was 2010. And A. B. He's talented. He just, he's working his way into a contract, maybe from the Knicks again. Man. And then B. <laughs> LeBron refused to play defense. I mean, he's not even kind of playing. Like, he's not even pretending to play defense. Um, so, you know, it's one of those, those dudes that where, how can I look at you right now and say, uh, you know, follow the leader when you are not playing defense at all, but yet you're mad at the other cats for not playing. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Whatever LeBron is doing right now is not a good look. Yeah, and just for some context, I guess we didn't give the background of the context. You know, I think it was Friday um, or Thursday after the All-Star break, LeBron made the comments, playoff mode activated, you know, his theatrics that he put in. Then he came out, and they should have had a good showing against Houston. They end up beating Houston, which makes sense because neither team really plays defense. Um, Clint Capella wasn't really there to guard the rim, so they had a good showing. Then they backdoor, and you lose to a Pelicans team, which AD sitting out. After that, LeBron makes the comments, uh, if you're still being distracted or you got to be focused. Now, they made the focus comments. Said that um, this time of the year, you have to focus, you have to win, you got to put all distractions aside. Kind of taking a shot at the young players, you know. Then they come turn around last night and they lose to the Memphis Grizzly, who's actively trying to tank, <laughs> and you give them a win. And then the next thing is, well, if you're still being distracted, then this is the Lakers aren't for you. This is the organization for you. Blah blah blah. Number one, Lakers ain't made a championship. I mean, ain't made the playoffs in like ten years. So let's not keep talking like they're the dynasty. You know what I mean? Yes, in history they're the dynasty, but over the past decade at least, they ain't made the playoffs. So they ain't got that type of pressure there. When was just because you came from the East. playoffs, was it 20, 2012 or something? Yeah, twenty thirteen. It was right. Yeah, because Kobe. It was right before Kobe's Achilles injury. So right? Twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, somewhere. I mean, it's been. Or it's, was it when Dallas got? Was it when Dallas won that championship and Dallas swept them? Did no, they make no, it no, after no. that? Yeah, they made it because they had uh, they had Steve Nash and uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, they made it. Pal Gasol still there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then that's when that's when Kobe tore his Achilles. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just tired of it, man. You can't keep putting the blame, especially the focus one. Really gets me because we all know it's, it's kind of a fact that you went out to L.A., you know, for your kids, for your family, but you also went out there to pursue other endeavors. So you're doing the shop, you're producing these, and I don't know exactly when these things are being produced. He could already have all these ep- episodes. I doubt it. You know what I mean? So you're doing other stuff. You're in the studio with two chains. Um, then the night after you're in the studio with two chains, you take a day off for rest maintenance, which is another whole nother thing. Y'all in the playoff hunt. It's only 20 games left. You're not with the Cavs anymore. You're not in first place. You can't be taking rest days. You know what I mean? Oh, no, it's just, it's just, it's not a good leadership by example. That's my point. No, I completely agree with you. And I'm kind of over it, man. Like I really am. Um, I I think LeBron James is the second best player ever. Um, but I, I, and no matter how this Lakers things in, thing ends, whether or not he gets them to the finals, playoffs, if he wins another ring, I mean, his legacy is cemented. But it, this is definitely a – you know, I love the NBA. I love all the storylines that come with the NBA. But this is a drama, uh, a, a, a dramatic part of the NBA that I don't particularly love. Same thing that's going on with Kyrie and Boston. I'm just – I'm over it. I really am. Now, I will, I will defend him a little bit because a lot of these storylines and quotes that we're getting is because the media's – asking the same question this is kind of the toxic environment that kevin durant talks about is they ask you the same question every press conference every shoot around and once you give them anything they're going to continue to bait you because that that's what sell papers that's what uh i don't think papers even sell anymore that's what get clicks 
<laughs> yeah. LA that's Times going out clicks. of business, and you talking about selling newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what gets you clicks, man. It's getting those quotes. So I know these players just get sick and tired of hearing the same question over and over again. But LeBron's a veteran, man. I, I give Kyrie a little bit of credit because he hasn't really been in this situation with that type of pressure, so he can make this mistake. Um, Kevin Durant is sensitive. We already know him, but LeBron does this strategically. Like, he knows what he's doing. Like, he, he's a veteran. He, he's done this before with the Cavs. And I'm just sick and tired of it always being everybody else's fault but LeBron's. And the one thing that really makes me mad is the Luke Walton thing, all the heat that he's getting. Because this is a terrible team. This is a team that doesn't even fit his whole style of offense. And when he was with Golden State and Kerr left, he was a good coach. I mean, he did pretty well with them. Even last year, he took a lottery team and let them win 37 games. And towards the end of the season, nobody wanted to see that Lakers team. Yeah, they, they were, were, they were a really hot well. young team. And now he just all of a sudden can't coach. Right. He just can't do anything. Well, when your star player, your best player, won't even close out on defense, runs his own plays, does whatever he wants, won't listen to you. You got hotheads like Brandon Ingram. Now he's probably not listening to you. It's hard to manage a team like that. Is Luke Walton coach of the Lakers next year? No, definitely not. But I think Luke Walton gets another job and he's successful. I agree. I agree. I because I, I think Luke Walton is a good good coach. Um, man, all right. So James Harden had his streak come to an end yesterday. Uh, his 33, 32 straight games of scoring thirty yeah, points or more. Um, are you impressed by that streak? It, Did you even know that was a streak? I mean. I don't know a lot of stuff is a streak because it's hard to get a streak since Wilt Chamberlain played. You know what I mean? So right. any streak like this, we just ignore it because this dude be having such crazy streaks. But I think he did break Wilt Chamberlain. So anything like that, you have to be mildly impressed. But as I said before, man, it's so easy to score in this NBA. And then James Harden with all the theatrics, he gets to the line 15, 16 times a game. Like, the dude went 0 for 10 for 3, but you get 16 points just by falling on the ground saying, oh, you know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm, sometimes I think it's impressive. Sometimes I don't. Uh, especially, you know, when he, during points of the streak, has, like, actively gone out to chase the stat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're up 10 with a minute to go, and you've got 23 points, so you go and, you know, get seven points real fast. Um, I'm with you. you. See what they did to him at the end of that game? Mm-hmm. Put four people around his ass. <laughs> oh, four people yep. surrounded him. So you can't even shoot it from half court because you might mess around and make it. They just surrounded him. But I, I, I'm not super impressed with the streak. I mean, I think, like you said, it is a lot easier to score in today's NBA. Um, you know, even more so than it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago when Kobe was around, and certainly more so than really any point in history. And you got to think, like, when Kobe was doing it, when Wilt was doing it, when he, whomever else might be on this list, these cats weren't shooting threes. This was all mid-range layups, free throws, mid-range layups, th- free throws. So, um, yeah, I, I mean. But Wilt wasn't hitting no threes anyway, so. Well, yeah, but still, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I mean, these, these that's what's so impressive about, like, like an Allen Iverson scoring 50, 60 points or Kobe Bryant scoring 50, 60 points or whomever because they weren't they weren't shooting threes. Um, so I'm less impressed with the 50 point games that, uh, you know, in today's NBA, the 30 point games, 40 point games in today's NBA than I was it, same thing. Like I said last week about Russell Westbrook, I'm not as impressed with triple double stats because it's easier to get those stats today. I still disagree with that, but with the James Harden, we're on the same page. I mean, I, it's the same way we talk about these 
No, and it's not me saying that I don't think James Harden wouldn't be great. Not saying that James Harden wouldn't be an all-star in the 90s or in the 2000s. That's not the point. Oh, he's, he's an all-time great no matter what. Yeah, he's an he all-time plays. great. He's going to score. He's going to be great. He's going to put up his stats. He could play in any era, so I'm never saying that. But the stats of scoring, it's just so much easier to score. It's less physical. They're not hitting you. The game is wide open. People are taking 17 threes a game. It's just totally different. I still believe that if Kobe and Iverson played in this age, that Kobe and Iverson would average like 40. And Jordan, I think they all would average like 40 just because the pure physicality that they had to play against. Even, I mean, you don't even have big men under the rim anymore. So you tell me you give a dude like Iverson, you, you're able to spread it out and just give him one dude like Matumbo that can catch the oop. You're not stopping that dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I agree. I just... I can't be super impressed. I like James Harden's style, the way he can score when he's not flopping around. Uh, but the one difference that you see, and I always say this, they let James Harden do all these things for the regular season. When you start talking about James Harden wears down in the playoffs, that's because all this flopping and laying around, if they're not giving you the foul, foul that shit takes a lot of energy. And that's a lot of the reason why James Harden poops out in the playoffs and you start seeing him wear down. Not just because he's carrying the load, because he's, he's been carrying the load for 32 games straight and looks fine every night. But when you start, stop calling that foul and stop letting him go to the free throw line and rest and making him actually play defense and not giving him fouls, I mean, that wears you down. And he's not used to it. Now, I do have a hot take. What's up? The the war or the Warriors came to town on or actually uh, Houston went to Oakland to play the Warriors on Saturday without James Harden and won. I think that immediately eliminates James Harden from the MVP conversation. No, nah, you can't do that. I think it imme- if if you can beat the Warriors nah. without your best player, you gotta go. You gotta go. Paul and the Brooklyn Nets have beaten the Warriors. The Warriors can't be beaten the regular season. Yeah, They're not Russell always super locked in. And especially if you tell me James Harden's not playing, that's a that's one of those, they call them trap games. James Harden not playing, you come in, you don't go with the same intensity, and you get beat. That has nothing to do with the MVP. Although, I still don't think that James Harden's the MVP candidate. I think that it's Giannis. You just got to give him respect. But And then I even think Paul George has passed him, truthfully. But, um... Nah, I don't think that counts against him. I got to disagree with your weak, hot take. I would say that my top three MVP right now is Paul George. Well, Giannis, number one. Paul George, number two. And Chandler Parsons, number three. So Chandler Parsons. <laughs> Man, Chandler Parsons walked into Memphis' office, no ski mask, a water gun, and said, give me the bag, and I ain't playing either. <laughs> and they did. So, yeah, they did. No, you know, no fight. <laughs> he walked in on crutches, two bad knees. He's like, y'all gonna pay me this money? Walked in. He didn't walk in. He rode in on a wheelchair. Yeah, they, they thought <laughs> he was a professor or something. And he walked in. That's probably what he is. That's the only way he could have got that contract. Walked in and mind read him. Said, "No, y'all gonna give me this contract." And they were like, "We gonna give you this contract." And that dude robbed Dallas and then without playing in the last two seasons managed to get a max contract from Memphis. I am still baffled how that happens. We have the dumbest GM. I swear to God, I believe I can be a GM in the NBA. Chris Wallace that shit just doesn't seem hard. Top of the list of dumb GMs. But I got to say, uh, for for all the flack, uh, Chandler Parsons was actually a good player before both his knees went bad. He was When he was in Houston, he was a, he was a damn good player. Not max contract good, but he was good. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he, he was 
he was Nikolai Miritich good. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like Bogdanovich from the Pacers good. He was a good glue player. I don't know how he swindled a max contract out of that. He wasn't a max contract no, good. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. so, so you see, go, no, go ahead. No, I think we're about to touch on the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to ask you uh, what you think about Embiid and the Rodman situation. If you didn't hear the story, um, Embiid was asked if MJ was the greatest player of all time. Embiid, of course, said no, that he's not. He thinks that uh, Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest of all time. He should have went with the. Uh, he should have went with Hakeem, but he went with Wilt Chamberlain. Which, I mean, there's an argument for it. Nobody likes to hear it. I think there is a legit argument for Wilt. There's a legit argument for Bill Russell. There's no argument for argument. Bill Russell. What? Bill Russell couldn't play in any other era than the era he played in. He would not have been dominant past nineteen. Are you serious? Bill Russell is pretty much a better version of KG. Nah. The dude was, mm-hmm. listen, in an era where Will Chamberlain, you cannot put Will Chamberlain in that conversation if you're not putting Bill Russell because he literally dominated Will Chamberlain. That was the most dominant force in the NBA. So you look at Will Chamberlain's stats. If you get and to the play only person that was able to white stop guys him. for your whole career, that's how you get 11 rings with eight teams, five, eight white but guys. But he played against Wilt Chamberlain that's and dominated him all against. the time. He played against Jerry West, and they couldn't get nothing. So you can't give anybody. Nah, man. Bill Russell was the first player coach to win a championship. You can't. Hey, don't knock Bill Russell. We're we're going to get into a whole nother argument. Shaq would eat his damn lunch. Please. If if Wilt couldn't stop, if Wilt couldn't eat his lunch, how could could Shaq? Hakeem would would dream shake him out of them Chuck Taylors. Well, you need to look at his stats, the way he used to lock dudes and get, like, 27 blocks in the game. <laughs> like, that dude was a, a – that's what I say. Defense is never respected. But that's neither here nor there. That's beside the point. We'll get into that argument another day when the NBA's over. Now, we're going to have it now, okay? Bill Russell. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, but MB said he believes that uh, Will Chamberlain is the greatest player of all time. Then basically Rodman told him to shut his mouth and do his job, and try to win the championship. And well, what do you think Andy about that? Andy said, you're doing great from whatever little country or island you're from. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, it's funny because yeah. Rodman's so disrespectful. There's no real comeback because what do you say to Rodman? Like, what can you say to hurt Rodman's feelings? Not a damn thing. <laughs> Not a damn thing. And and this, this man single-handedly stopped us from going to war with South Korea. So, I know. Or, sorry, North Korea. Uh, yeah. So. He went down there and sung some folk songs, did some dances, you yeah. know, shot some hoops so, with Kim Young-Joon, and we ain't heard from him since. What do you say to the man? So <laughs> he's, a, so he's a hero, an American hero. So, you know, I guess shut the I'm wondering up. how much of that trip he even remember. Like, how high do you think he was when he went over there? How high do you think he still is? I mean, the man's crazy. <laughs> He's been crazy since forever. That's just amazing. Like, if you're Embiid, you just say, cool. Like, I mean, because what's going to come of it? Like, Dennis Rodman is next level crazy. So, that's not a dude you'd want to be messing around with. I remember when Dennis Rodman first got to the Spurs, the rainbow hair, he swore that he was going to hit a three. You know, you always think of the Spurs of all having these classy players that always follow the rules. <laughs> they got Dennis Rodman. And he said he swear he's going to hit a three. I don't even know why he said it. Somebody must have said something. Did he last a full season with them? I don't remember. I think he did. I think he got traded in the offseason to the Bulls. You might be right. I I, I damn sure know he wasn't there long. I just remember he was going to hit that three. It don't matter if he took 23 threes 
<laughs> he was going to hit that. That was the first time he was away from the Pistons. He had some freedom. He'd be jacking up threes like he was James Harden, go like one for one for 15 just to yeah. hit that three. But, you know, if you're MB, what can you do? What can you say? Um, you just kind of got to keep it moving. Uh, speaking he, of that, you know, he's hurt right now, so he really can't even talk a lot of shit. Nah, I'm beating needs to shut up, man. You can't enter those conversations. I know. I mean, like I said, they have an argument, but you don't. You don't have enough under your belt. They like, people got too much ammunition against you. You gotta be able to in the playoffs make the make the layup in a game. You know, without calling foul before you start making those statements. In my opinion. Uh, speaking of big man, though, did you hear about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar selling his four right title rings? Yeah, auctioning them off. Actually, yeah. Was there a reason though? Yeah, he's doing it for his uh, Skyhook charity. So he's auctioning off his four title rings. First of all, um, and don't say his four because he still got two more after that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Green he is six. six time. I thought he got five. No, he's got six and six MVPs, just like that punk ass Michael Jordan. Are you sure? Because I thought I didn't think he won that Damn last sure. one with the with the Lakers. Because he won one in Milwaukee. He won, then I thought he won. And he won five. He won just Magic. Never won without Kareem. Yeah, uh, Magic definitely won without Kareem. You want to bet? I'm pretty sure Magic won. How, what, what you want to put on it? What you want to bet? What are, your next three paychecks? You know how I roll. <laughs> yeah, you don't pay up though. I'm telling I'm you, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. But I'm pretty sure that last one. They won without him. Nope. That's when he retired. Because actually, I think Kareem retired in 89. They won the last one in 88. And then they went back to the finals in 91. Kareem had already retired. And that's when Scotty came and locked down uh, old Magic Johnson. And we never heard from the Lakers until the year 2000. Dude, you keep getting us off track. What do you think about Kareem selling his rings for charity? I'm just saying put some respect, some respect on Lou Alcindor's name. Uh, but I don't really care. <laughs> uh, at the end you of the never day. did care about the kid, uh, about the kids, man. I mean, cool. I mean, they're hell. He, they're his rings. He still got two more after the fact. He can do what the hell he wants with them. So but. still, man, giving up that. Oh, it's hard to have serious conversations. You just don't care about nothing, <laughs> dude. K giving up his title rings for. Uh, giving up his title rings for charity, man. People don't do that. He might now, as maybe well he is the, keeping two. You might as well give them rings up because uh, y'all don't respect the man anyway. Okay, y'all don't. Y'all think he only won four rings or something? Well, this is the same dude that just said Bill Russell couldn't play in no other era. How disrespectful is that? Bill Russell was six nine. He was the 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 Carl Malone of it or the Charles Barkley of his era, where. He was short, undersized. If he was in the eighties or nineties, David Robson would be kicking him in the chest with them. So, so with that being, so how do you think the uh, Will Chamberlain would have done? I think Will Chamberlain would have been fine. So you think Will Chamberlain would have been fine in any era, but a six nine Bill Russell playing against a seven three like three hundred and fifty pound man who dominated, hit hundred points in the game, averaged Allegedly. sixty points and forty rebounds, Allegedly. and all these things happened. But when he played Bill Russell, he was locked down. You know why? By every account possible, he had trouble with Bill Russell. Even when they went to the Lakers, he struggled with Bill Russell. You want to know why? Because Wilt Chamberlain was a loser. Okay, That's But he can play in the era. One thing about Bill, Bill Russell is he was a winner. 
I will give him that. I'm not saying Bill Russell wasn't great. All I'm saying is he would not have. You just 11 said rings. he wasn't great because you just he said he can't play in any era. He would. He wouldn't have 11 rings in any era. That's for sure. That is for damn. Bob Cousy couldn't dribble his left hand. You think they getting rings in any other era? I don't think so. What does that got to do with him being great? I'm just letting you know. He can play in any other. You say Bob Cousy can. I don't have any argument with you. You say half of those Celtics that are in the Hall of Fame, and I'm with you. But Bill Russell, you're retarded. <laughs> so. All I'm saying is, Bill Russell, great. He ain't as great as would be any as he would be. He wouldn't transform to any other era. Put it that way. Now, ironically, I think he would do well in this era, but in the '80s or '90s, I don't think so. You're a retard. I think you're in a minority on that one. Anyway, speaking of day. big men, you see the boogie tech last night. Yeah, so you got a tech for throwing somebody's shoes out the way. Yeah, but I mean, do you think that they should have gave him a tag? He threw it out the way to kind of get it out the way. I think if anybody else would have did that, I'm pretty sure I've seen people do that on a regular basis and never get a tag. So I think the NBA is just picking on Boogie, man. Well, it ain't the NBA. It's just the refs. That's his reputation. They rescinded the tag, so he's fine. Yeah, but still, it's the principle, man. Leave my man alone. He's trying to come back off an ace. I mean, Achilles injury is right there on the ground. He moves it out of the way, and you give him a tick. He's try- it's one thing when a dude tries to change, <laughs> and people just keep picking with him, and then when he hauls off and slap a ref, then it's going to be Boogie's fault. It's kind of like <laughs> They're a, literally picking with him. It's kind of like that scene in Baby Boy where, uh, where Ving Rhames' character had to slap Jody around, and he was like, yeah. I got two strikes. <laughs> yeah, man, I got two strikes. You're just trying to give me my third, man. I'm doing all that I can to try to be a good dude, but y'all just want to send me back. <laughs> Little annoying cats like you trying to uh, try and get me locked up for life. So, <laughs> well, well, speaking of the Warriors, and by the way, you're right. The last Lakers championship was in 88. I know. I'm I hate always you're right. right. And Kareem has six titles. Yep. Thank you. Oh, I hate you. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of California teams, what do you think about these Warriors with Boogie, man? Are they looking Are they looking vulnerable at all? Well, their, their so-called death lineup has not been very good. Um, and a lot of that you don't really have to read into you know, by the stats. They're still getting used to playing with each other. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they'll be fine. I think they're still the favorites to win this, uh, win this title, but it's something about the, I don't think they like each other. Like, I think, I think KD likes Steph and Clay. I, Draymond doesn't, I, I don't think Draymond and KD like each other. And I'm not sure where Boogie fits into all this. By all accounts, he's been a great teammate, but they got a lot of volatile personalities on that, on that roster. And, uh, I can't see them. I can't see them bringing this all back next year. We know they can't bring Boogie back, uh, regardless, unless he takes a massive pay cut. And then, you know, what do you do? Because I don't think KD stays, and if he does, I don't think they bring Draymond back or they trade Draymond next year because he's under contract till twenty twenty. So, or excuse me, twenty twenty one. So I, I don't know. I, there's definitely something going on with this team. They're not that dominant force that you're used to seeing. I think they're very beatable. I like these hot takes when people just form shit because they're bored. There's nothing. The only conclusion you can get that they don't like each other is because they had an argument on the bench. And you've had arguments with your friends before. That shit doesn't last. We know that he came to the the Warriors because him and Draymond was best friends. So saying that they don't get along is crazy. I don't think that – I think Steph – Pretty much, kind of just a family dude. I don't know if he hangs out with anybody. And Clay is in his own world. Yeah, Clay so is got, Clay. 
Yeah, Clay has got he's on China doing his own thing, whatever. So I don't even think that's a factor. I don't think chemistry is a factor. This not playing well. It's the end of the season. They're they can coast the first. You know that. And I don't think you're gonna see any of these holes in the playoffs. What I see is a dominant force. Now when any of the holes or any of the holes? What did you say? Hey man, we gotta go back and rewind and figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't just giving up all the jewels. <laughs> Because uh, the hoes don't come around the playoff time. I mean, that is hey, true. So. Hey. Or maybe they do. <laughs> maybe you need that relaxation. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, don't, I think this team is perfectly fine. I think they have the NBA on Chuck. Because if you look, every game, Cousins is getting better and better. It reminds me of when KD first got there, and they weren't really running on all cylinders because you're the newest piece in that offense. So you're used to them doing their thing. So you start overpassing. You're not taking your shots. You're not being aggressive. And at some point, Steve Kerr has to come in the locker room because you forget because he's a white dude. It's like six, seven. He kind of looks corny that he'll cuss you out. So Boogie said that he kicked in the locker room door, cursed him out, told him he needed to be more aggressive. Last two games, Boogie's starting to look like a dominating force. I mean, I'm Curry always tells people, listen, don't worry about me. I'm the best player on this team. I can get my points anytime I want. And with a point guard like that, I mean, what you going to do? This team is going to be unstoppable in the playoffs. I don't know. Utah and six. <laughs> what? <laughs> Utah and six. Uh, <laughs> no, what, Sacramento and five? <laughs> so uh, so I, I heard something from uh, Bill Simmons that I thought was pretty, A, funny, and B, telling about this Warriors group that, I mean, hey, it just cracked me up. So he said that the difference between this Warriors team and, like, the 90s Bulls or maybe even, um, you know, the, the 2000s Lakers, uh, specifically that 98 Bulls team, he was like, they were old, tired, um, and they could be beat on a, on a given night in 98. You know, Scottie Pippen had missed half the, uh, you know, first few months of the season because of his back. Um, whining, but, being a whiny little bitch. But – what it came down to was they still had Michael who was that killer. And while he couldn't jump anymore, you know, he could, he was still the greatest player in the game and still very lethal. Um, and basically what he, he compared that team to was, uh, <laughs> or what he compared Michael to was, uh, he was, he was that dad that would come down with the belt and beat the shit out of you if you pissed him <laughs> off. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's believable, uh, but you know, but what he was saying was that this Warriors team isn't like that. I mean, you can beat them on any given night in the regular season. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think they're still a favorite to, I, I, now I am curious to see what happens in the East because I don't think that they walk through, you know, a couple teams in the East. I still think that they're the favorite to win championship, but I think Milwaukee could give them problems. And I think that the right Sixers team could give them problems because they're all, I think the shortest dude on that team is J.J. Redick, who's 6'5". So, yeah, but the thing about it is in the playoffs, not, not in the playoffs, in the regular season, they're kind of playing for stats, playing around, go in and out. In the playoffs, this team is like the ultimate unselfish team. They do like what the Spurs will do. They really stop caring about stats, and they'll go to one matchup over and over again. And once they start focusing in on that, I don't see how any team can beat them. But with DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, last year was, hey, okay, keep feeding KD. Well, KD's going to miss a few fadeaway jump shots, you know what I mean? And then he'll get cooking. But once they decide, hey, we're just going to feed Cousins and play off of Cousins to shoot, I think that's going to be dominant. It kind of goes to my overall point. I think I always think that Boogie was an insurance policy for KD because KD is so weird. I don't think the Warriors have any clue what he's going to do, if he's going to stay, if he's going to lead. Does he want to be the man? Is he comfortable with being a team? He doesn't give you any assurances. 
So I think that last offseason was the same way. They didn't know if he was coming back, and he did. I believe Boogie's an insurance policy for that because if KD leaves, you were saying they can't afford everybody. If KD leaves and he goes to New York, which I'm leaning more towards that he's going to do, then they can sign Boogie to a max contract. They still have one max contract free if KD leaves. I'm not so sure that's true if they're going to keep Draymond. No, that doesn't matter. All that's bird rights, man. I think I'm I'm not so sure about that. I th- I don't think there's a way they can keep Cousins. Yeah, there is. They're only max contracts. See, it, that's why I always thought that KD was going to resign because this is the first year that KD can be signed by the Warriors under a bird rights. That's why I thought he was taking two-year contracts because it takes four years to build up your bird rights. If they were to sign KD right now, they would not have one max contract that's not bird rights. Every max contract they have right now, except for KD, is a bird rights contract. Once KD, if KD decides to leave, they have one max slot because everybody else is bird rights. That's the beauty of drafting all your players. And even they can cut Sean Livingston and um, not bring back Iguodala. Those are the only like five players signed with cap. They don't have any players signed with cap. Everybody else is bird rights. You know what's funny is we're talking about a team that's on the verge of, you know, going to their winning on the verge really of winning their fourth title in five years and maybe doing the first three-peat since the Los Angeles Lakers of the early 2000s. And all we can talk about is how <laughs> they're going to break it up and, uh, you know, this isn't going to be the same team, you know, next year. So let me ask you this. In five years, who do you see as the, the, the team in the West to beat? In five is it still the Warriors? Years? Is there an up-and-coming team like like the Warriors were maybe in 2014 that no one really saw coming? Well, I, I mean, I still – I mean, you see them coming now, but we've been saying since the beginning of the year that uh, Denver is the next up. I mean, if something were to happen to the Warriors, which I don't think – I think the Warriors are still going to be dominating for a while um, but because they have smart management – but other than that, if you're talking about another team, Denver, I mean, that Denver team is built a lot like uh, they're built a lot like Golden State. And even with the team players that they have signed under cap, which is like a Paul Millsap, they're going to get rid of him soon. You see Michael Porter Jr. just kind of sitting back there in the cut doing windmill dunks. And this I dude was was a potential number one pick. But he drops the 19, and he's just sitting on the bench. You got Justin Vanderbilt, who went to Kentucky, who had a back issue, which I think they got him with a second-round pick, who he's just sitting on the bench chilling. So at one point, at some point in time, Mason Plumlee and Paul Millsap are going to fall off the books, and all these other players that they drafted who's becoming better and better each day are just going to be not under cap, and they're going to be able to sign like a LeBron or a KD to that already potent team. So you have them, and then me and you both were talking about we like the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I'm in on Sacramento. Denver, my problem with Denver is while they do have a lot of young talent, outside of uh, uh, Jokic, I think I'm, I'm not that impressed by Jamal Murray or uh, Gary Harris. I think that those are they're talented players. I think Jamal Murray is, is a really good player. I don't think that either of them are all-star level players. Uh, I think Jokic is by far the best player on that team. And I think, like you said, with the addition of someone like a Michael Porter Jr., um, then they got that cat Beasley that came out of nowhere. I mean, they got some cats that you just never heard of that are playing well. Uh, but That's also a product of good coaching, correct. a team built with talent that suits your star, which is Jokic. You got talent around it. The only pieces that I see that don't fit are Paul Millsap. Even Mason Plumley fits a lot better oh, than Oh, he Paul definitely Millsap. does. I mean, he's an athletic big that can go out and get you rebounds, assists, really whatever you need him to do. Yeah, but they'd do much better with a stretch four. Um, but I'm 
I'm in on Sacramento. I think that Buddy Heald and um, De'Aaron Fox is a great backcourt of the future. If you can keep that together for as long as possible, um, and Marvin Bagley is getting better and better week to week. Um, you know, so you got those three along with Bogdanovich, or uh, yeah, that's his name. Um, and then you've got um, Bog Bog. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think that they've got a lot of they they certainly have a lot of talent, and they and De'Aaron Fox reminded me coming out of Russell Westbrook because he's that that big, fast, physical guard can't really shoot but can get to the hole at at will. I mean, he's 6'4", 6'5", and there's a reason why as good of a defensive player that Lonzo Ball is and as talented as Lonzo Ball is, he cannot do shit with De'Aaron Fox. So, you know, he just ain't built that way. So, I think think that the Lakers – do you think that the Lakers regret trading D'Lo? Random thought. (laughs) Man, I don't know what the hell the Lakers regret doing in the last, you know, five years because they traded that – first of all – they signed Luau Dang and Timothy Mozgov for no reason, you know, to max contracts that they that they <laughs> had to include D'Angelo Russell to get rid of those bad contracts. I mean, it made no sense. Now, you could say that they got Kyle Kuzma back out of the deal, which is great. But in the West, which is what I, I said always, you have to have a good point guard in the West. And you traded a cat that was 20 years old, um, and had all-star potential, and now look at you. You are struggling to find anyone at that position, and I, th- I think Lonzo's great, but or I think Lonzo's really good, but, I mean, at this point, wouldn't you just rather have D'Angelo Russell? Well, so I brought that up to say um, your whole Lonzo ball point. That is the danger. I think they're about to make the mistake twice because you trade D'Angelo Russell because you're eyeing Lonzo and Lonzo's the next thing. Well, you didn't even really give D'Angelo a chance to develop, right? You had him for two years. He snitched on old boy, and yeah, but I mean it's Nick Young. You can do without Nick Young. In that case, you cut Nick Young. Why would you? Yeah, why would you choose Nick Young over D'Angelo? I mean that made no sense. Yeah, you cut Nick Young. What and anybody else that got a problem with your young star? If it's not, I don't. I think Brandon Ingram was on that team. He was like a rookie or something. Mm -hmm. So Brandon Ingram doesn't care. So cut everybody else. You keep Brandon Ingram. You keep D'Lo. And now you're seeing the same thing. You know, LeBron don't like Lonzo trying to move Lonzo out. Well, this is Lonzo's second year, and he made vast improvements from year one to year two. From the toughest and most important position in the game. Yes, the, the the hardest position to learn. In the NBA, he made a vast improvement from year one to year two. Even on defense and shooting, everywhere that you said that he lacked, he got better. Now you're looking to move him somewhere else so he can develop over the next two years and become great. That'll be two point guards that you've moved if they make that move. And just searching for something better, searching for something better. These franchises need to learn how to develop their own talent and quit always searching for something better. Look at what the Nets did. The Nets didn't have any draft picks except for that one with Jared Allen. They got a good coach, um, Kenny Atkinson, who can actually coach. They got a GM that supported them, said, hey, you may lose some games, but we're going to develop these players, run your system. And look, they're in the playoffs. They're one of the better teams in the NBA, and, and they haven't good, had the draft. Good young players they have from Karis LeVert. From yeah, just just taking Dinwiddie. I mean, you know, Dinwiddie was was on it was in the G League for the Pistons, you know, and then he, now he was a projected lottery pick coming out of college, so he blew his knee apart. But I mean, that dude has been. I mean, he's landed himself a second contract. Karis LeVert was a fine. Jared Allen was a fine. I mean, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. A lot of these dudes, you know, that people and then they they put something that complimented. Which you can argue that Dinwiddie and and, and uh, DeAndre Russell don't 
really complement each other, but they've learned to play together. Um, man, just, uh, you know, that's a smart organization who that, that owner who was bullish on coming in and, you know, making that silly ass trade for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. But once he got out of his own way and brought basketball people in who knew what they were doing and they got a smart coach in there, same thing with the Denver Nuggets, same thing with uh, with the Sacramento Kings, same thing with the Memphis Cru- Oh, my bad. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do smart things like trade their big contracts for somebody like Dwight Howard to get cap. But with all that said, man, everything, <laughs> instead of signing Chandler Parsons, but anyway, um, yeah, all that said, you know, they've done really great. And this year, they put themselves in the opportunity to go out there and get some of these stars. And I don't think any, any of them are going to come. Like, I don't think you're going to get a KD. You probably can get a Jimmy Butler, which would be good for them. They can get a eh, Jimmy Butler. To I lock wouldn't down want it. Jimmy Butler anywhere near my young town. Nah, but, yeah, but you got to get something. I mean, you didn't, you didn't make two max contracts to come away with nothing. Now, there's a good chance, which this may work, but there's a good chance that they could get Chris Middleton. Somebody's going to sign Chris Middleton to a max. For some reason, I feel like it's going to be the Lakers. But if he actually went to the Nets and got a max contract with that team, I think he would be a good fit there. Yeah, He I mean, doesn't deserve a max from anybody, though, because he can't yeah. play anywhere with I, anybody. I agree with you. He's in a he's in a system that fits him. I, I wouldn't recommend it. But, uh, all right, man, let's kind of get to uh, – well, I don't know why that was such an awkward transition, but um, oh, before we skip out of basketball, we got to touch on Ja Rule. Did you see that? Oh yes, uh, got to touch on Ja Rule. So I can't figure <laughs> out. So he said, "Hold Sanchez, on, first before we get in, have you seen the 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 fire the fire documentary? No, on Netflix. I know what you're talking about, but no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you got to watch that. That's crazy with Ja Rule on it. But go ahead. So everyone was giving him shit because uh. It seemed like the crowd was uh, not ready for Ja Rule, which none of us really are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But he was talking to his DJ, and he was like, Sanchez, are we ready? And the dude was like, no, I got to get loaded up. They didn't give me no time to get loaded up. And then he just started screaming, are you ready, at him for an awkwardly long time, staring him in the eye. (laughs) And if you don't know, this is the halftime show of the Milwaukee Bucks. This isn't a big time get engagement. This is the halftime show to Milwaukee Bucks. I don't even know who they're playing. Yeah, and so um, it was just a, a an awkward deal all around. Um, and they brought him out for '90s night, and he made the joke that I guess my my album came out in two thousand or '99, so that counts. It was awkward all around, man, and nobody wants to see Ja Rule as it is. Uh, it didn't seem like he was set up for uh, success there. But the goal of the whole thing, he 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 kind of took offense where the crowd wasn't feeling him for '90s night, and they they didn't like him in general. But then he turns around and calls himself throwing a shot at the organization by saying that they're gonna lose Cat anyway in free agency. Well, Cat don't play for them; they play for Minnesota. No. Just so happens that Cat doesn't even play for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, on top of making an ass of yourself at halftime, you turn around <laughs> and call for a curse of their best player leaving, and it's not even Cat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to touch on that. Ja Rule is always entertaining to me. I mean... <laughs> you gotta watch that fire Festival, because, I mean, yeah, they swindle people out of money. I'm not. I'm kind of heartless because they're rich people. If you're dumb enough to throw money and not check, then that's your fault. But it's funny because after they come back, like Ja Rule is part of like the management team, so they have like a whole section of Ja Rule like giving motivational speeches, and it's terrible. 
Yeah, Terrible. So I, I, I've been out on Ja Rule since 99. I've never been a Ja Rule fan. I don't care what anybody says. I think Ja Rule is garbage. Uh, but he did give me a Shanti, so I, I appreciate him for that. Hey, ja Rule, ja Rule had hits, man. I, I'm not going to take that away from I him. I got so tired of hearing, it's murder. <laughs> For, ja Rule and Little Mo was the combination. A lot of people have taken that combination and ran with it, but the original uh, duo was Ja Rule and Little Mo. What was that? What was that? Fabulous and Little Mo. Yeah, I, I mean, the only duo I remember was Ja Rule and Ashanti and Ja Rule and J Lo for that one little minute. Nah, Little Mo was heavy in that era. She was kind of on everything. Uh, we might not know Little Mo, but go get your research because she was heavy. <laughs> All right, man. We got the NFL Combine coming up this weekend. Uh, I have a question. So, when did they move the Combine to the weekend? And that's some arrogant shit by the NFL, by the way. That's some arrogant shit. Nobody. I mean, are people really gonna sit around and like pass up weekend plans to watch the Combine? Yes, they are. I mean, what? you got has the Combine got the AAF football getting ratings, so you know they're gonna watch it. I thought the Combine was like on a Tuesday. Was that not the case? Man, I thought I just... Not, I mean, the Combine always lasts through the weekend, but I thought it started today. I mean, I might have been off. I thought the Combine said it started like the 26th through the 23rd, but I thought it usually the 26th start, through the 23rd. That's when I mean, it starts? The, the 26th through the 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that um, it usually started on like a weekend. I thought it started on like a Sunday or Saturday evening, and then it went through the weekend and ended before the weekend. But I think they just changed it to start doing the weekend, end on the weekend. Truthfully, I hadn't looked it up. I don't know when it starts because I don't watch it like that. Who but watches I thought, the Combine? Yeah, there's people. I thought the Combine came on during the day, like when I, I was at that's work. What, that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure the Combine was Tuesday through Thursday or some shit like that in the middle of the day when you was faking sick from work, shooting hooky. Or, you know, you were working from home, you threw the combine on. I'm, I swear that this was not always on the weekend. Well, anyway, is there anything that interests you from this combine? Now, as a Dynasty fantasy football player, no. Um, <laughs> still no. Uh, still the answer is no. I'm not watching the combine. I just have better things to do with my time. So um, Yeah, the most interesting event is the 40 time. We just seen that John Ross ran a blazing 40, and he can't catch a ball for his life. He's been in the league two years, and he's already on the trading block. So I just don't put a lot of stock in hey, the combine. And just so you know, he's on the trading block in our dynasty league too. So Just like you feel about the combine, nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest with you, nobody I'm cares. Just saying. So, if you want to send me a second round draft pick for the cat, you know. I think I offered you a second and you spit in my face. Now you know that he's on the block. Don't pitch that to me. You know what's funny is I should have bet you a second round pick for that Kareem thing. Yeah, yeah you probably should. All right, man. So, uh, before we move on to your favorite sport, baseball. I do want to touch on uh, Robert Kraft and the rub and tug thing real fast. Um, you know, we kind of made light of that last week, and details are still coming out. Um, so, I, I, you know, the further I have researched this, um, the less I think it's funny, uh, just because it deals a lot with the sex trafficking and, and sex slaves and stuff like that. You know, people can make the jokes that it was just a rub and tug or whatever the case may be, but... Um, I, I don't think it's a funny situation. I, I wonder what the NFL is, how they're going to handle this um, as far as if they're going to make him step down, if they're going to suspend him for six games. I, I'm curious to, to see what comes of this. See, the more, um, I'm not going to make a joke about it, but the more I look into the situation, I fall on two sides here. Number one, number two. Number one, I don't know how much he knew. 
You know what I mean? Because when you go in these parlors, you go to massage, you, like you just said, you hear people say that all the time, happy endings, rub and tug. You don't know that you're going into a sex trafficking ring. So I don't know Probably what not. he knows. We're yeah. just, a, like when you make that statement, you kind of assume that Robert Kraft is part of this and he knew something. That's not necessarily the case. Like you Lock don't know. You just, yeah, you just know. You just know who's working in there. I mean, if he's going there and that's what it is and that's what's offered because, I mean, I, I don't think this is the first time he ever went there. I mean, do you? No, absolutely not. I mean, and so that's a, a bi- I mean, it's a, a richer community in down in, in Jupiter, Florida. Like I said, where our boy Tiger Woods, you know, hangs out. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that, um, no, I, I don't, do I think that he is supporting sex trafficking? Probably not. <laughs> but I just think that all the jokes about it have been a bit uh, in poor taste. So, uh, I mean, I, I agree with that. It's just, but the focus, if you're just focusing on Robert Kraft, I mean, if you look at it, you know that somebody, this, the question that I always have is, why was it released? I mean, this is two misdemeanors. You didn't charge him with a real charge. He didn't have anything deeper to do than just going in there. You know what I'm saying? So, for this to get out in the public, somebody wanted this to get out. Somebody tried to blackmail him. They, they wanted this to get out because I believe it happened during the playoffs. It happened a while ago. It just didn't happen. So, somebody wanted this to get out for some reason. It's not that big of a deal from him. I don't know how much he knew. I assume if he knew more, it wouldn't be two misdemeanors. You know what I mean? So, that from that part. Now, the sex trafficking ring is bad. They've been shutting them down all on the East Coast. I don't support that at all. But if you're looking at an 80-year-old man that has a widowed wife, I mean, he's not going to be out in the club trying to get chicks. I expect I him know, to he, be using escorts. He does escorts. have some 35-year-old or 30-year-old girlfriends. So, uh, well, you don't I'm, know that they're not paid. I will say, I mean, any 30-year-old that wants to date an 80-year-old Bill, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, but I will say this. Robert Kraft is starting to remind me of a richer, older, whiter Kanye. You know, Kanye, yeah. his mom died. The man went off the rails. And the old, old Betty Kraft, or I can't remember her name, uh, what, what his wife, um, she died. The man then lost his damn mind, so... See, I don't think so. I think he's very lucid, and I think this is strategic. I'm a conspiracy theorist, and all I want to say is, dude's been, got Meek Mill out, been working with prison reform, donated to the Rock Nation, Jay-Z, prison reform, political thing, and now he gets a misdemeanor for sex trafficking. Not saying it's aligned, it just seems kind of funny to me. Don't worry, his boy, Uncle Donnie, Uncle Trump will uh, probably pardon him, he's good. Yeah, I mean, he don't need to be pardoned from two misdemeanors. You ain't got to show up for court for that shit. <laughs> when you, <laughs> yeah, when you just, can actually afford lawyers, I mean, he just he just send the lawyers. Look, look. Yeah, it, I, mean, I think he was out partying at the Oscars. He don't care about this shit. No, it's two misdemeanors. Like, the, who cares about a misdemeanor when you're worth thirty, fifty, eighty billion dollars? Like, what is that gonna do? I don't need a job. <laughs> All right, <laughs> man. So, you've got two daughters. I think you should push them towards trying to play Major League Baseball. Uh, we're uh, working on it right now. I think we got our uh, batting average up to like 675. Oh, 675. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, is that on the tee or off the tee? Both. Uh, okay. <laughs> See, <laughs> this, this is the part of the conversation where it's over for you. <laughs> I know about tee ball. I'm not that dumb. Uh, <laughs> Underhand pitch, fast pitch, slow pitch. I know that much. So you've proven to be the, the 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 dumbest dummy or the real smart dummy uh, in this whole episode. So uh, that's true. You got two things right, and you're feeling yourself because you <laughs> get shit wrong. Calm down. So all right, man. So we've had two big contracts come 
to fruition over the last couple of days. Um, Manny Machado signed a $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres, which is not a great organization, A. Uh, and B, they're nowhere near winning a championship or a title. Uh, or, or those are the same thing. Um, but I can't hate on a man that took $300 million to live in San Diego for 10 years. I ain't mad at him. I think I said this on the last podcast. You give me 10 years, $300 million, I don't care if they won one game in the past 10 years. And it's I'm guaranteed. Going. Yeah, I'm going. I mean, what so, what can go wrong? And I, you get to live in San Diego? Oh, done deal. Done deal. Now, uh, no Arenado. I live Arenado. in Maine. Ain't nothing against Maine, but I ain't just doing Maine. You give me 10 years, $300 million, I'll play in Maine. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um... Nolan Arenado got a $260 million deal over eight years uh, for the Colorado Rockies, um, which I think is a, is a great move. He's He is a really good player. Um, I think that's better than a 10-year deal, too. Well, you know, so it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, you would think that these teams have stopped, have decided to stop giving out 10, uh, 10-year contracts, seeing as how they rarely work out. Um, see Albert Pujols uh, for the uh, Angels. See... Alex Rodriguez for the Yankees. Uh, now, I mean, then again, they did get a title with with Alex Rodriguez, so that might be worth it. Um, but Nolan Arenado is a great third baseman. Um, I, I think that that's a great move for the Rockies, who are a good team, and you know, could I? They, I think they they are title contenders. Um, but now you've got Bryce Harper, who um, apparently has a couple three hundred million dollar options on the table from the Philadelphia Phillies or. Um, the Washington Nationals, who he currently plays for, well, played for, um, man, and I'm just not a cat who would give him uh, 10 years through $300 million. I just wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm opposed to giving anybody 10-year contracts. I wouldn't give anybody over five, but if you're a sucky organization, I mean, what else can you do? But the Dodgers came in. They said that they are interested in giving them $300 million over a um, over a shorter window, which I think is smart. Um, because they are in, they were in the World Series last year, or, or yeah, last year. Um, and he is the kind of player who can put you over the hump. Is he worth three hundred million dollars? I don't know. Hey, you're worth whatever your market dictates, and these two players have dictated that he's in that bracket. So, um, you know, and I know that's enough baseball talk for you. So, anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? Nah, that's it. That's all. We got some bigger things coming later, but we'll talk about that further at another time. But nah, I'm good, man. You want to hit them with the uh, Instagram and the, the email? Yeah, man. Check us out at Two Smart Dummies. That's number two, Smart Dummies, D-U-M-M-I-E-S on Instagram. And our email is smartdummies2 at Gmail if you want to contact us about anything. Or you can hit us up on the Facebook. Uh, we'll post this episode, and we'll also post a link to Cooley in the Cut, Memphis's own. So, with that said, man, y'all have a great week. We, we'll holler. Peace. Peace.